Welcome to the Married People Podcast, where we help you make marriage real, fun, and simple. Each week, we have honest conversations about one simple thing that can make your marriage better. Because when your marriage is better, everything's better. I'm CJ, and sitting around the podcast table today, we have our resident newlywed, Afton. Hi. We have our 22-year marriage veteran. He's an author, speaker, and the director of MarriedPeople.org, Ted Lowe. Hey, everybody. And we have a very special guest, Sandy Wise. Thank you, CJ, for having me. Sandy, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Now, and if, if I'm being honest, it's a little weird for me to call you Sandy because for the past 20 years... To me, you've been Mrs. Wise because you've actually taught me uh, in school and piano lessons growing up. So, um, so it's a little weird to call you Sandy, but I'm gonna try to get try to get used to it. And, and we're it's gonna a little weird for me sitting across from you, and you have a beard <laughs> on your face. So that's a little weird for me. A too. A little different than when I was eight or nine yes, or, or w- yes, whatever. Exactly. Now we're gonna get to know uh, Sandy a little bit more uh, in, in a moment. But today on the Married People Podcast, we're going to look at the question: How do I live out in sickness and in health? You know, that's a part of a lot of the vows that all of us said when we got married. And and for some of us, when we think about that phrase, we think about taking care of our spouse when they have the flu or they have a cold. But but for others of us, that phrase, in sickness and in health, carries a lot more weight, doesn't it, Ted? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, Sandy, that's why I was uh, so excited uh, for us to talk to you, because I think, uh, you know, you and Donald have always modeled such an incredible incredible marriage. Everyone, uh, you know, leans in and talks to you guys and figure that piece out. Um, and I just thought about, as we talk about vows, just how you've lived out in sickness and, and health and till death do us part. And so we're so, so excited for you to be here to kind of share with everybody. Yeah. And ever since we, um, we started this podcast 20 something episodes ago, Ted, you've talked about uh, wanting to have Sandy as a guest on the show. And, you know, I know I usually introduce guests on the show, Ted, but you have been especially excited today <laughs> in this morning about this. So I'm going to let you uh, kind of give us a glimpse into who Sandy is and introduce her for us. Well, and I'll let Sandy do that as well. But Sandy, we moved to Atlanta in 98 and and we met you and Donald immediately. We got to know you at summer camps, I think, uh, where were we? Jekyll Island? Super wow. Super wow. Not just wow, super, super wow. Uh, we met you guys there when you were a drama teacher. And at w- which school was it you were at? I was at Fellowship Christian School. How long were you there for? I was there actually for 12 years. And would you believe I'm back there again? You are. I am. <clears throat> are you doing theater again? I'm not. I'm actually doing their GO program, which is um, a local missions. The students... Um, have to get so many service hours, and so I line them up with certain missions to do that. Wow. Well, Sandy, you have served in so many areas, and you know, Donald, and then of course you and Donald being at North Point um, for so many years. I got the opportunity to work uh, uh, with Donald, and I worked with Donald, but primarily I would ask Donald uh, mentor type advice. I think everybody's got a Donald story of uh, of great wisdom. So again, you've lived out marriage so well when he was here on Earth, and even since he's been in Heaven, your marriage telling a really, really Mm. great story. Thanks, Ted. You know, you spend 40 years with somebody here on earth, and life goes on for everybody else. Mm. Mm. And um, it's now been 23 months, and um, God has given me some amazing opportunities Mm. to tell the story of His faithfulness 
for those years of walking cancer, but on this side, you know, God just meeting that need as my husband. Right. And we're so excited the story. And I want to I want to back you guys up a little bit because I think not only is that told a great story, your marriage has been telling a great story from the beginning. So can you tell our listeners how you and Donald met. You know, it's crazy because I was actually um, in a singing group at First Baptist Atlanta. It was called Sunlight. And we were singing at Callaway Gardens. And... Um, Donald came down to see some of the friends that he knew in Sunlight. I was kind of new to the Atlanta area. And, you know, when you're sitting there singing, you're up on stage and you're looking out and you make eye contact with people. Well, I noticed that this guy kept having eye contact with me. And I would look around and then we'd look back and he'd have eye contact with me. And so afterwards, um, someone came up and said, um, hey, I want to introduce you to someone. Well, we started talking and he said, hey, would you like to ride back to Atlanta with me? And I thought, well, this is kind of weird. You know, I just had met him, but um, I walked up to the minister of music and he said, yeah, this guy's really legit. His mom is Dr. Stanley's secretary. And um, yeah, go ahead, but you'll have to follow the van on the way back. So of course, you know, from Callaway Gardens, that gave us like an hour and a half to talk. And um, we started dating that week and we've been dating ever since. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. I've got a question because I've been married for just two years now. And so I'm still kind of like the newlywed of the group because everyone has so much more experience than me. (laughs) And I'm wondering what your newlywed years were like after you guys got married. You know, Donald, um, we left to go to Southwestern Seminary less than a year after we were married. Together? Yes, we did. Yes, we did after we were married. And the crazy thing about it is we actually went to Fort Worth, which was 16 hours away from all of our family, every all of our friends, all of that, which I think for us, it was probably really healthy. Mm. Your family was all here in the Atlanta right, area? Okay. all of our friends, mm-hmm. right. And, and it was really healthy for us because we had to cling to each other. You know, we couldn't go running to someone else. Mm. And um, Donald was my best friend. You know, there were so many um, hats that he played all of our married life. You know, he was my best friend. He was my pastor. <laughs> he, we served the Lord together. You know, he was just so many hats. But the first few years, they were a whirlwind. We were in school. <laughs> yeah. We were just trying to get him finished and get his master's. Yeah. So what year were you guys married? 1977. And, uh, and when did you guys then have kids? Well, that, let's see, Nathan was born in June of 1980. And so what was it like, you know, kind of transitioning, you know, 1980, what was it like, you know, um, being parents for the first time and how did that change your marriage and the direction? You know, it was crazy. None of my children have been planned. So that's been... (laughs) (laughs) They were all all mistakes. Yes, they were all surprises. (laughs) Yes, very much so a surprise. And so we were still at seminary when I had Nathan. Um, And I had actually had been going to seminary myself as well and working at seminary. So when we had him, Um, All of that stopped, and I stayed home and um, took care of a baby. Mm. Um, You know, CJ, I don't think you sit and think about what that's going to look like. It just happens. (laughs) You know, life just happens, and you get on that 
that it, I'm not going to say roller coaster, but you you just get on that and you just go for it because mm-hmm. you just know that God has it all in control anyway, and He's going to help you through the journey. Yeah. And so then we had Nathan, and then the crazy thing about it, um, I went to the doctor. Um, a few months later, and I was having some problems, and my hair was falling out and all this crazy stuff, and he came back out, and he said, well, that's because you're pregnant. I said, oh, no, 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 no. There's no way. No. (laughs) So 16 months later, after I had Nathan, I had Rachel. Wow. And also, while I was pregnant with Rachel, that's when we went into our first church. Okay, wow. So life just started going, and it didn't stop. Just kept on ramping just up. Just kept on, and we just held on for the ride. But you know, the neatest thing is in our first church that we were in, um, there were you, was some, Were you still out in Texas at that no, point? No, we weren't. We actually went to Gadsden, Alabama, okay. our first precious church there. Those people loved us unbelievably because they would come and say, people would come and say, here, let us let me keep the babies and you go with Donald. <laughs> or, you know, it was cold outside. Go to church with Donald and I'll stay home and keep the babies. Oh, so wow. we had lots of family that loved on us in other places. That's very neat. Very That's neat. great. So I feel like this has always been yours and Donald's story is... You go where life takes you, where where God leads. So, you know, we're trying to fish out of you, you know. How do you, you know, how stressful was it when you guys first had kids? What did it do to your marriage? But for you guys, have always been, this is just part of the journey. But you're saying what kind of helped that part of the journey was to have great people around you that supported you and would keep the kids and would allow you to date or, or to be together. You know, through this whole journey of life, Ted, you know this as well as I do, community. You've got to have that community. You've got to have those cheerleaders. You've got to have those balcony people that are up there, you know, cheering you on and come down and hold your hand when you're walking through whatever you're walking through. And we just always have surrounded ourselves around older people that, you know, were just a little bit ahead of us that would help mentor us through those years. Down the road. Just down the road. Just a little bit more. That's right. So uh, you have three children, correct? So when when did the third uh, child come along? Well, we actually miscarried a child um, in about three years after Rachel was born. And so we said, okay, that's it. Two, Two children are, that's a good number. And um, then seven years later, we had Rebecca. And um, surprise, Re- surprise. Yes, wow. yes. Uh, she's not going to like me saying this, but I'm going to. We named her Rebecca. It means steadfast, and we told her that was a godly way, a godly name for stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, her stubbornness is in the right way. That's the neat thing about it. But uh, yes, and I'm so glad we had the third one. I'm so glad that God surprised us with that. It's been sweet. Well, you guys have been such uh, great, great parents, and now great grandparents. How would you say that you and Donald? prepared your kids to be married? Because all three are happily married now. How did you prepare them for that? You know, Ted, I actually cheated on this question. I asked (laughs) my kids this. I said, I need to know how you felt that Dad and I prepared you for what you were going to do. Mm. Rachel and Nathan both, um, that's my daughter and son, they both have been married for 17 years, and Rebecca has been married for almost seven years. Mm. So I asked them this, and um, some of their answers were um, not to settle for just anything, but truly seek out God's will. Mm. 
One of my other ones said, you know, Mom, the one thing I remember is that you always told us we were on the same team. Look at your jersey on the back. Mm. We're all on the same team. You can have your opinion, but you're all on the same team. Mm. Um, Nathan said, Mom, I remember that you prayed with us a lot, Mm. you and Dad. And all three of them said, and this is pretty humbling, um, you led by example. Mm. Of course, they were not in the bedroom a lot of times when we closed the door, and then we, we came out on the same page. <laughs> I love that. You know, you guys, I just think of, as you're talking, I'm thinking of all the questions that the lows have asked the wise over the years. I remember we were having a little bit of trouble with it, uh, our six-year-old at the time, and I said, Sandy, what do we do? And she said, you got to ask yourself the question, is this... Is this uh, childish behavior or this willful de- disobedience? And I, it changed our parenting to the core because there'd be times I would mm-hmm. respond like it was wow. willful disobedience, and he was just a kid being a kid. Right. So just you guys just continually speak. It's just such great wisdom. So I'm sure your kids uh, are, are byproducts of that. And so that's just such a great thing to watch them get to be, get to be so happy with their own families. It is. It mm-hmm. is. Grandchildren are... Uh, what everybody says grandchildren are. <laughs> and, you know, I have to do that same thing when I look at my grandchildren and I think, is that willful disobedience? No, that's just childish behavior. That's good stuff. Those that are is. really good, good phrases. <laughs> I need to that, write those down. This is a married podcast, but that was that was the nugget. Uh, that was the nugget there. Not my, to be applied to your spouse. Not no, to be yeah, applied yeah, to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's just willful disobedience <laughs> or childish behavior because neither one is okay at that point, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Just yeah. kids. Oh, that, that same child, we uh, years later, we put him in middle school at a certain school, and it was not going well. Uh, so it's October. I see Donald, and I say to Donald, Donald, here's what's happening. He looks me square in the eye. He goes, get him out of there. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's just October. He says, this school, Christian, small Christian schools work are they work or they don't? You don't put him in a situation where uh, he's not going to be able to find a different peer groups. Get him out. So I remember us going to tell him the people were leaving, and they're like, "What? What? Wait, wait, wait!" <clears throat> but that was the best decision ever because you guys have a great last name Weiss. It fits perfect because <laughs> there's so much wisdom, so much wisdom there. Um, tell us what it's like, what it was like to have sons-in-law and daughter-in-law for the first time. What was that like for you and Donald? That's so funny because I cheated on this question too, because I talked with my son-in-laws and daughter-in-law and, you know, my daughter-in-law, uh, we are, we are so close. It's like having another daughter, but um, I said, what was it like? She said, man, I know I looked at, because see, I went into Donald's family and he had two sisters. Well, Georgie came into our family with two girls that were tight with their brother. Mm. I mean, tight with their brother. And um, she said, you know, I thought y'all were a little odd. (laughs) (laughs) As a matter of fact, she said this a few weeks ago. We were talking about this and she said, I didn't realize that all of those oddities that we did when we came down and we were as a family and we were dating, they actually developed who we are today. Mm. Mm. To have a daughter-in-law, I I was very pushy. I will tell you, I'm you you know me. I'm very strong-willed, very opinionated, very, mm. and so. Um, I thought she needed another mother. So you know, man, I was pulling <laughs> her in. I was like. Um, and Nathan told me, Mom, mm. you're, you're trying a little hard. Mm. And I realized that 
they needed to have their family. Hmm. And they were the first ones to get married and kind of the first ones, you know, to come into it. They were making their family. That was an aha moment for me. Their name was Wise, but they had their own family. Um, My two son-in-laws have, I couldn't ask for anything better to just love my daughters. Mm. And you know, the neatest thing too is both of their mother-in-laws. I love that part too, that they love my daughters Mm. like their own. Mm. Well, when I think about Donald modeling how a wife should be treated... Right. And so that's what I tell my boys all the time. You, you know, Teddy's going to find, you know, Teddy's going to find a spouse that treats her like you two do and like I do. So you better treat her, treat her well. So I just think how Donald modeled for them. And now they have husbands that love them like Donald yes. loves you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Sandy, you know, it sounds like things are going so well. You know, your kids are getting married. Things are going fantastic. Um, and you know, figuring out the new family dynamics, the sons, the the, the you know the, the sons-in-law, the daughter-in-law, um, but then life life turned. And uh, tell us about the day when life turned, and uh, you found out that Donald had had cancer. So what w- w- what was that like? Well, CJ, before that, we were really excited. Rebecca had gotten married in May, okay. and so we were like. Empty nester. Right. <laughs> this is and the goal. This you was so oh, yes. yeah. And, and I would mm-hmm. say, and we had just gotten rid of Rebecca, and she said, <laughs> "Mom, when you tell your story, could you rephrase that?" That word. Um, so I say, you know, so we were empty nesters. Yeah. Oh, it was so exciting. So you know, you come down after someone getting married in the summer, and then. Um, a few days before Christmas, Donald went in for a routine test, and um, while Donald was still asleep, the doctor came out, and he said, I, I just remember this like it was yesterday, he said, I think it's cancer. And I backed up against the wall, and I said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can re- just remember that. Hold on, hold on. I need to call my daughter. I need to call my daughter. And he took me into a waiting room, and I can remember just sliding down the wall to the floor. And I called Rachel, and I said, Rachel, they just said they think it's cancer. Well, we didn't say a whole lot. We had to go to the hospital and get another Mm -hmm. test done, and this was two days before Christmas. What year was this? This was 2011. Okay. And um, Christmas was kind of quiet, And two days after Christmas, they called us, and they confirmed that it was cancer. And it was actually colorectal cancer, and it was stage four. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a slap across the face. There were some tears shed just with Mm -hmm. Donald and I for a few moments, and then we looked at each other and we said, okay, this is our journey. And Donald said, we've also just, we're supposed to be a passion volunteering, Sandy, so we need to get ready and go on down there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So passion's we, a large conference in the Atlanta area. Right. Yep. And so we got dressed, 
and we went down to Passion. And it just so happened we were part of the touch team, which that means you go out and all of the volunteers for Passion, you go out and do things to bless them. Hmm. Um, Whether they're standing out in the cold and you give them hand warmers or you go and give someone a break so that they can go and, you know, take a break. So that's what we were a part of. And the touch team that God had put together just incredibly, were some prayer warriors from Passion Church. And would you believe they prayed over us more those few days of Passion. Um, As soon as Passion was over, we immediately had to go into chemo. Mm. Wow. So it was quick. It was very quick. Mm. It was very quick. So what was that journey like for you and Donald as he went through treatment? What was that like for you guys and for your relationship? Donald and I always know, have always known, that God's not going to put anything into our path that He hadn't already prepared for us. Mm. And that God chose this as our journey long before Donald and Sandy got married and that we were going to journey this together. I look back now, and I'm so thankful that God chose me to walk it. We did lots of uh, this first few months. We did lots of um, research, making sure that we were doing going the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, we said, okay. We would wake up and we'd say, okay, this is our journey. What is our mission field today? (laughs) And Donald did that for four years, a little over four years and seven months. He would wake up and he'd say, okay, where's our mission? Where's our mission? Even um, on down the road, Donald actually got some brain tumors, so some things there. But he would still wake up. He'd say, "Now, what are we supposed to do today? And what's our what's our mission today? Where are we wow. going today?" Hmm. And what did that what did that look like? You know, when you guys were, I know we talked a little bit about um, you guys at, at the hospital and during treatments. How he would both of you would look and go the nurses and the doctors and the different ones. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, at first, Ted, I would go with Donald up to chemo because it was like I felt like, you know, that I needed. And then I realized God was really using Donald up there on that chemo. You know, when he would have to go up there and sit for four hours, and he'd say, no, you go ahead and go come back and pick me up. And he it was unbelievable. To begin with, he read this book from John Piper. It's a little booklet called Don't Waste Your Cancer. Mm. And if he probably ordered hundreds of those. <laughs> so he made sure that he was not going to ra- waste that platform that God mm. had given him. Um, it was really crazy because everybody knew Donald up there. Mm. You know, he was... He should have been a politician, honestly. Um, he was the pastor of the chemo floor. He was the pastor. Yes, he was. He was. Um, shared the Lord with everybody up there. Um, I actually, um, I have a story. I actually wrote a sto- uh, something that I had written down um, right here. Donald had been going through chemo for three and a half years at Atlanta Cancer Care. We chose for him to go alone after a while, realizing that the only way he could have the freedom to share. Some of the men at North Point would come and bring him lunch and spend an hour of the six hours that he was there. 
One particular time, Mike Teston was eating lunch with Donald. Donald had been sharing with one of the women about North Point and what he and Mike did for a living. It was a divine appointment as she was having marriage problems. Donald introduced her to Mike, and Mike started counseling her, and now she and her husband now attend um, Woodstock City Church Mm. as well as bringing the grandson. That's amazing. Um, would you believe that our in-home health care nurse came in and we started talking to her and found out her last name? And Donald said, would you happen to be, do you know, you know? And she said, actually, that's my husband. Wow. Hmm. And go back 25 years ago, and Donald actually had led her husband to the Lord at a children's camp. Wow, that is amazing. (laughs) So she walked that journey Mm. with us, Mm. uh, became actually, she was just a fill-in nurse for that day, but then went back to her company and said, no, no, I'm going to be with them this whole journey. That's amazing. Um, There was another lady that actually um, was from one of the South American countries, and her father was dying. And this was just a couple of months before Donald went to heaven. And he, I walked in one day, and he said, um, I overheard her, and she needs money to go to South America, call everybody that we know. Mm-hmm. And this was at 9 o'clock in the morning. By 3 o'clock that afternoon, he was giving her the money mm-hmm. to go See, visit her ninety-year-old daddy. Wow. Of course, Donald did that. Of course, <laughs> right. of course, he did. That is the amazing thing. How did um, talk a little bit about? Um, you know, I want to back us up a little bit, and then we'll move into that that season. Talk a little bit about how Donald loved uh, Sandy well. That's funny you said that, Ted, because um, I told everybody I've claimed that verse that the minute that Donald left this earth and went to heaven, that God came down and became a husband to Sandy Wise, and he had some really big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Okay. And I, everybody said, and my girls say, yeah, Mom and Dad's up there going, I told you she was high maintenance. I told <laughs> you that she was high maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I told everyone, even, you know, when I, I would share about Donald and I and our dating years and marriage, the one thing that I could say about Donald is um, he showed me what it was to love like Jesus and that I could say some really ugly things to him, but there was such an unconditional love there, an unconditional love. And we always made um, a vow to each other that we would not go to bed mad. And sometimes I would go and get in bed because, you know, if I wanted to pout, and no, Donald would come and stand over me and say, no, no, remember, we don't go to bed upset. Mm. So um, he loved well. Um, Like I told you, he was my husband. He was my best friend. Mm. He was my pastor. Mm. He was the... Uh, father of our children, he was um, he was the love of my life. Sandy, I don't know if I've shared this, and if we, you know, if you don't feel comfortable with this story, you know, going out past this table, uh, I went to sit with, as you know, 
you did such a great job of getting people, like you said, to sit with Donald during chemo. And so um, I got to do that for uh, one day. And uh, of course, I may I went to the wrong hospital. I called Sandy. He's, I can't find you. go, Ted, you're in the wrong city and at the wrong <laughs> hospital. Uh, so I was panicking. But anyway, so but I get there and um, uh, Donald's, he's, he's really weak at that point. He's really weak, but he's Donald. Mm-hmm. He's Donald, and he's talking to me, and he's talking really low, so I'm having to really lean in. Um, sorry. It's okay. Um, he said, um, he starts talking about you, and he said, um, she didn't grow up like she deserved to grow up, and she had, um, she had pain. There were people in her life who brought pain to her, and it was my job to help, help heal that and love that out of her. And uh, told stories, what that meant, really specific stories. But I just thought, how unselfish is that? Because one of the things we talk about on this podcast and lots of uh, things with married people is if we can get to a point of empathy with each other. If, you know, we talked about finances yesterday and, you know, people can get so frustrated with each other about finances. Oh, she just spends, spends, spends. But when you dive deeper, well, why is she spending, spending, spending? Chances are there's something broken there or something uh, and just the empathy that 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 birthed out. So now that you're explaining this part of it about you being uh, even frustrated or whatever, and him all that unconditional love, I go that because he had those lens of uh, maybe it wasn't so great for Sandy growing up. So it's my job as as the rescuer to help make that. So mm-hmm. uh, I just thought it was one of the most beautiful pictures of marriage, and it just made so much sense to me when I thought about you guys holistically. So. You know, someone asked me one time, um, what is it like to live in a family where all five of you are so strong personalities and strong will? You know, a lot of times in the complexity of a family, there's someone that's a little bit more passive, but all five of us are very strong-willed, very uh, passionate about everything that we do. Well, Donald had this thing that every Sunday night, we would have a family powwow. And, um, yeah, you know, it wasn't like, you know, we would miss some, you know, it wasn't like every Sunday night, but, but, um, we had great discussions, Mm. but that's the one thing that Donald and I started out from day one with just he and I, we didn't hold back from each other. Mm. We let it all out on the table and everything that we did. How do you feel? Well, you know what? I don't agree with that, but you're the head of the household. So you know what? Therefore, that's what we're going to do. So you leaned into that. I leaned into that. So Sandy, when I think about a lot of people that, you know, in the podcast world, at least I do this, uh, you know, I start certain subjects. I start looking, you know, what's relevant to me. And so I think we've probably got a lot of listeners right now that are listening, uh, trying to figure out this whole thing of sickness and in health. Like, talk a little bit about, you know, the day-to-day. How do you care for somebody um, when they're sick? You know, because we're all going to come to that point in our marriage, whether that's, hey, I've got, you know, a whiny husband who has the flu right now, to, you know, really... Uh, deeper things, different levels of things. How do you love uh, your spouse well while they're sick? You know, Ted, for us, with it being a terminal illness, we wanted to do normal. What did normal look like every Mm -hmm. day? So um, we would get up um, when Donald felt like it. 
we would get him dressed and we would drive down to church and he would walk in because that's where he worked and that was his happy place. And he would go in and spend time there. And then I'd pick it in maybe only an hour and he'd call and say, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go. But we tried to do normal as much as we could. Gotcha. And I think if I could say anything to someone that's walking a terminal illness, go ahead and do normal. Hmm. All the crazy things that it takes, whether it means a special vehicle or whether it means the extra mile, do it. Do, mm, do mm. normal. Do normal. <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense. You know, one of the things I've loved seeing, um, it's always really powerful for me when during when someone's married to someone who's struggling with, uh, especially with cancer, when they post things, when you talk to them, they sound like doctors. They mm-hmm. know all the treatments. They're talking about white blood cells, red blood cells. They're talking about, you know, um, what stage they're at. They sound like doctors. I've actually used you as an example because um, we talk about, you know, there's something about feeling known and loved anyway that's really reassuring to us. And so I think there's something when someone's sick, the fact that their spouse becomes sort of like a doctor, it's like, okay, I'm in this with you. Yes. What, what made you, I mean, like, again, you do such an amazing job. And part of your ministry, I've, I actually believe, has been on Facebook during this whole journey. Because mm-hmm. you guys were very honest about that. You're very transparent about, about that. Um, what is it? What was it in you that went, I'm going to be his advocate when it comes in this very practical way of knowing what's going on with him, treatments, etc.? You know, to, let's go back to that part about being transparent on Facebook. You know, I loved that we walked this as transparent as we did because you know what? You never know if somebody's going to know somebody who's going to know somebody who's going to know somebody that the information that you might need. Gotcha. But not only that, for me and for Donald, every time we would look at it, we would go, those likes, those weren't likes. Those were a prayer. That was somebody sending, you know, us up to the Heavenly Father. Sure. Um, Yes, you do become a doctor, and sometimes the Internet is not good for that (laughs) because I would, but yet I would walk in and I would say, okay, what do you think about this? And we had a wonderful doctor who would say, "Mm, that's really old information. I actually just went to a seminar. (laughs) Donald and I did it all. I will tell you this. We went to MD Anderson to see what they had for us. We went to Cancer Treatment Centers of America, which they do a lot of the natural along Mm -hmm. with the chemo, which I really loved that part of it because it... um, gave us some supplements and things like that that helped him through some of the sickness. So, yeah, you do a lot of research, a whole lot of research, because you're their advocate. You, you know, this person you're walking in, they see that person once every three or four weeks, and then they see hundreds of people between there. You see that person every day. I think the transferable principle to all of us is being each other's advocate. Right. You know what I think is is really amazing hearing you talk, Sandy, is I think a lot of times um, you when you hear news like that, I feel like it changes the nature of the relationship with between spouses. You know, when you hear news like that, it's like there's a switch and now we have to start living differently because there's a limited amount of time left. But I feel like listening to you talk, it's like you guys 
lived like that before you heard news. You loved each other selflessly and in like this just incredible way where you're able to look back and go, he loved me so well and I loved him the best I could the whole time, not because we heard this news, which I think right. is just, for me, is like uh, just an, an amazing takeaway because you you don't want to wait till you hear that news to start treating your spouse like they're the best thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, he led well. He really led well. And I said this actually recently. He led so well for those 40 years that when I have a question in the last 23 months, it was like, I already knew mm-hmm. because he led so mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. in those. Mm-hmm. Well, Sandy, before we wrap up, I have I have a follow-up question. So a few minutes ago, um, in this phrase, just like, you know, something stuck out to Afton, this stuck out to me, and I typed it out. You said, I'm so glad God chose me to walk this walk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and... Where where does that come from? Because that is how do you how do you say that genuinely? That's because that's that's tough. The walk of cancer, yeah. CJ, I learned so much about the love of Jesus walking with Donald for forty years and watching him live that out. But on this side of it, I've learned so much about my heavenly Father. I don't think I could have learned it mm-hmm. to this depth any other way except to walk this journey. And, you know, like Ted just said, we're, we're all, we're all dying. Right. <laughs> you know, we right. all are. Yeah. And it's a journey. And God chose me to walk this journey and to see His faithfulness on this side of it as well. And I will tell you, in 23 months... My world has been rocked by God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. on this side. But not only that, CJ, Donald walked it so faithfully. To honor him, I want him to say, I'm proud of you, babe. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. But that's that's what I'm just that phrase, like I'm so whatever it is, like I'm so glad God chose me to walk, you know, mm, this. Like yeah. that I think that's gonna stick with me. Mm-hmm. So Sandy, before we wrap up today, do you have any any final thoughts you wanna leave us with here? You know, one of the things that Donald and I said from day one, and it's been our hashtag all throughout this journey is God's got this. God's got this. And so as you walk your journey, know that your journey was chosen for you by him. And if it is, then he's got it. Mm. Mm. That's, that's powerful. Well, Sandy, this is not our last episode with you. We're actually going to have you on again next week. So if you're listening to this and this story um, resonated with you, make sure you join us next week. Um, but before before then, Sandy, as we, we kind of referenced uh, all throughout this episode, and just as you referenced just now, your story is out there, and your story is on social media. And if people want to um, follow you or or find your story, um, what's what's the best way to do that? Um, I actually have a Facebook page. Okay. 
Sandy Wise. So just type that into the address bar on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're friends on Facebook. And I know you hashtag pretty much everything with the, the God's Got This hashtag. God, yes. So you could also search that to to um, right. to, to find your story as well. Right. But you intentionally made so much of this public on Facebook. And that is so powerful because... Um, because it lives on that story lives on and people can still scroll back and see everything that uh, from years ago and now because you're still this this the story of your marriage with Donald is continuing I'm gonna steal this one from a friend of mine um, who actually has also battled cancer um, it's his story it's my story for his glory that's awesome love that well, I'm not going to add anything to that. That's phenomenal. Um, well, thank you, Sandy, for joining us for this conversation. Again, I can't wait for next week as well. And thank you for listening to the Married People Podcast. If you found today's episode helpful and encouraging, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast uh, through your Apple Podcast app. And while you're there, we would love for you to leave us a review uh, because your review will help us make this podcast better and get conversations like this one in front of more couples who need to hear them. And, uh, and finally, if another married couple came to mind as you heard Sandy share her story, consider sharing this episode with a friend. And the easiest way to do that uh, is to send them to marriedpeople.org. That's also where we will have the show notes uh, for this episode and a link to uh, Sandy's Facebook page if you'd want to follow her there. And then join us for next week's episode. Until next time, I'm CJ. I'm Afton. I'm Ted. I'm Sandy. And thank you for listening.